So, I begin with a confession. I have loved our summer series on biographies of grace and lives of love. I was delighted by the opportunity to reflect on the wisdom of my mentor, Eugene Peterson. I was giddy to celebrate the remarkable creativity and generosity of Dolly Parton. I was humbled to tell the story of Brian Stevenson and his quest to pursue justice on behalf of the least of these. But I have been approaching this Sunday with no small amount of fear and trembling. The fact of the matter is this. I am still a bit too tender about the life and legacy of Rachel Held Evans. Like Laura, I did not know her personally, but Rachel mattered to me a great deal. We were almost exactly the same age. We started blogging and publishing books right around the same time. I looked up to Rachel as a superstar of the Christian publishing world. Her books were brilliant and beautifully written. Her blog posts were incisive and widely read. She shared her platform generously, featuring up-and-coming authors as guest bloggers on her website and publishing a weekly list of recommended articles from other voices. I remember the first time Rachel shared something I wrote with her readers. I was elated to earn the respect and attention of a writer I respected so deeply. It turns out that was nine years ago today, as Facebook reminded me. I never really met Rachel in person. When I had the opportunity at a writing festival about 10 years ago, I was just too shy to introduce myself. So the loss I felt when Rachel died unexpectedly of complications from a flu and then infection in 2019, that loss was not exactly personal in nature, though our many mutual friends were devastated by a deeply personal grief. Still, I felt stricken when I learned of her death. Not only did she leave behind countless friends and family, including a devoted husband and two very young children, she also left behind a church and world that desperately needed her voice. That was Rachel's gift Above all, she was a voice. She used her voice to speak the truth in love. It took me all of 30 seconds to know exactly which scripture I wanted to pair with her life, which was truly an embodiment of Paul's words about love to the Corinthians. Rachel also wrote to and for the church, and by church, I mean Big C Church. As a lifelong resident of the Bible Belt, she was especially skilled at addressing the evangelical church. And even though she got into some tussles, she always did so rooted and grounded in love. 
When she first began her writing ministry, she was a member of a church that did not affirm women in ministry. Women could not speak from the pulpit of her church. So she spoke from her laptop, a voice crying out in the wilderness of the internet. She kindly but unapologetically called out the sins of the church, sins of racism, sexism, hypocrisy, abuse. Even as she wrestled with questions of faith in light of the disillusionment she felt, as the church of her childhood turned against her and accused her of being a heretic, she refused to let go of her love for Jesus. She often said that the story of Jesus was the story she was willing to risk being wrong about. Though Rachel ultimately left the conservative evangelical church and joined an Episcopal congregation, it took years of wrestling and discernment to make that move. For years, she said she couldn't make her home in a mainline tradition, which is to say churches like First Congregational Church. In the early years of her public ministry, Rachel was often approached by mainline pastors who wondered why she didn't just join a mainline church. After all, these churches avoided the pitfalls of conservative evangelicalism. We're inclusive, these pastors would say. We avoid talking partisan politics. We're not judgmental. We care for the community. Why aren't all these disenfranchised evangelicals flocking to us? Rachel responded to these pastors, well, when was the last time you talked about why you are inclusive? Why you embrace science? Why you care for the poor? And why you avoid aligning yourself with one political party? When was the last time you engaged in a serious church-wide Bible study or launched a series on the spiritual disciplines? Rachel went on to write these words. When I visit mainline churches, I always leave feeling like something's missing. I miss that evangelical fire in the belly that makes people talk about their faith with passion and conviction. I miss the familiarity with the scripture and the intensive Bible studies. I miss the emphasis on cultivating a personal spirituality. I miss sermons that step on a few toes. I am speaking in gross generalizations here, but in my experience, going from evangelicalism to the main line can feel a bit like jumping from one extreme to the other. While evangelicals often adopt a narrow, literalist view of scripture that borders on making an idol out of the Bible, I've spoken with mainline Christians who admit they are embarrassingly illiterate when it comes to the Bible. While evangelicals carry the unfortunate reputation of being married to one political party, 
Mainliners are missing a great opportunity to talk about what it means to pledge one's allegiance first and foremost to the kingdom of God. While some evangelicals avoid making justice a centerpiece of their mission for fear of looking too liberal, many mainliners fail to explain the religious motivation behind their acts of mercy. While evangelical pastors may care too little about who they offend, mainline pastors may care too much to the point that they are afraid to say anything of substance. I remember reading those words when she published them in 2012. It was like the equivalent of jumping into a very cold lake. These words knocked the wind out of me and completely changed the way I thought about my faith and my ministry. I believe the Holy Spirit worked through these words, refining my sense of calling. To put it bluntly, I did not want to be the kind of mainline pastor Rachel Held Evans described a pastor afraid to say anything of substance. I did not want to be the kind of lukewarm Christian Rachel Held Evans described, a Christian lacking in passion and commitment. I wanted to be deeply grounded in the way of Jesus and for that way to be the motivation for everything I do as a person and as a minister of word and sacrament. I don't want First Congregational Church of Western Springs to be a church where people walk away feeling like something is missing. I pray that we are always in a process of becoming more fully the congregation the Spirit has gathered us to be, an inclusive community of faith deeply and personally committed to our shared mission in Christ. I have lost count of how many times in the last few years I have thought to myself, I wonder what Rachel would have said about this. Her prophetic voice is irreplaceable, but we have everything we need to continue her legacy. We have everything we need to speak the truth with courage and kindness. We have everything we need to speak the truth in love. And now, though I was disappointed that the rain brought us inside today, I am grateful it means we have the technology to experience a brief video of Rachel Held Evans doing what she did best, using her voice to reflect on the gospel. Amen. <laughs>